Welcome to Recruiting in Action, a podcast focused on the future of the recruitment industry. Each week, you will find me, Liran Kutzel, CEO of Wood.io, in conversation with leading professionals in the recruitment sector. Thank you for joining us. Hello, everyone. Join me too on the Recruitment in Action podcast for our first episode is Efrat Dagan. Efrat is one of the top professionals in the recruitment industry with more than 20 years of experience in the space. Efrat worked and led recruitment teams in many companies, including Google, where she was leading the recruitment operation for Google R&D Center in Israel from its very beginning. Efrat also worked in many other great companies such as Logon, BMC, and Lyft, and recently she joined as the head of global talent acquisition to Next Insurance, an hyper-growth unicorn startup who has recently announced a 250 million Series D funding round. Efrat also writing a blog called Workaround, and she initiates many professional forums combining recruiting professionals with tech companies to discuss the future of recruitment. Hi, Efrat. Very exciting Hi, to have you as my first guest. Thank you for inviting me. So, Efrat, thank you for joining us, and it will be great uh, for start. Um, I shared a bit uh, our audience with your uh, very impressive experience, but if you can tell a few words about yourself and maybe about the company you recently joined, um, it will be great. So, I, as you said, I've worked in recruiting the majority of my career, almost all my career, actually, um, and mostly in tech. I would say my most uh, substantial experience was in Google because I was there for over 12 years and experienced amazing growth from a very small office to a, to a bigger office, but also Google really grew at that time. So I saw a rocket ship really soar and it was very cool. Uh, worked with incredible professionals, then moved to Lyft to the autonomous driving division and just a couple of weeks before this pandemic started, I joined Next um, and I was really excited about their product, their growth, their insurance company, and the fact that I get to build uh, a talent function over there. So it's been a really busy uh, eight months, um, but also very fruitful and fun. So that's, that's in a nutshell. Yeah, very in a nutshell. Um... You're humble, um, <laughs> considering what you did. But let's take you, uh, let's guide you through that, to that career, because okay. I'm sure there are many recruiters listening to us and will be very curious about, you know, how, how, you, how you manage your career. So let's start from the beginning. First, what, is, what makes you get into, you know, to become a recruiter or getting into the recruiter space and keep you there for more than 20 years? Like, what is the first reason you got there and what keeps you there now? I think even before I start, I began to be a recruiter, even before I took the job, I always knew that I wanted to work with people. Uh, and I had a knack for, even before I even knew what I was doing, I had a knack for kind of like matching people with jobs. Um, and I became really intrigued by people's careers. And of course, um, the more you know, my career advanced and those challenges became more interesting. And I think in parallel, the, ta the talent function is really involved. It wasn't called a talent function when I started. Um, and to my luck, the whole area of recruiting has 
really, really changed over the 20 years and became a lot more versatile, a lot more, I think, similar to marketing, a lot more similar to, uh, to operations. So it became like a really more interesting, I don't, I don't think like when I began, I imagined myself staying there forever. I, I, I still enjoy very much um, speaking with people about their careers and helping organizations and businesses. But I, I think like the, the mission became even more interesting as years flew by, which is rare, right? Like it's just, I think the timing. Yeah. So when, when you think about yourself 20 years ago uh, as a recruiter, starting your career as a recruiter and today, when you hiring uh, uh, recruiters for your team, what is the difference between a recruiter of 20 years ago versus today's recruiter? What are the, the skill set? What are the difference in, in what you're looking for? Well, it's almost a completely different job. Maybe 20 years ago, what you did as a recruiter was probably more focused on interviewing, probably on advertising and sorting and selecting. And nowadays, recruiters wear many hats and have a much more I would say uh, elaborate job. So they have to understand how to lure candidates. They have to understand how to source. They have to understand um, how to close candidates. They need to work with technology. They need to uh, build relationships, um, account manage, you know, work with senior clients, strategy, marketing. It's so much different like analytics <laughs> it's endless so with like recruiting has become its own world and probably not everyone can be you know great at all of these research but it allows much more folks with different I think skill set to fit in within recruiting and recruiting itself to become a much more I think interesting job that you can actually make a whole career um, I think like early on, like maybe years ago, it could still be a career, but it was less, I think less ambition, like less, sorry, less ambitious, less, less, uh, less something that you can actually make that much of an impact on the organization. It was much more transactional. So I think that's mainly the difference. And, and to your question, when I look for people uh, for my function, they have to do probably more than they did previously. What does it mean? It means that, you know, they have to kind of like grow with the job, uh, continue learning, um, really be curious. And that's beyond, you know, the abilities that probably you're looking in a recruiter, you're looking for someone with agility, with grit, with, um, with uh, some sort of uh, uh, ability to work with, you know, with others, whether it's clients or candidates, et cetera, uh, negotiation skills. So on top of that, they have to understand probably, you know, how social networks work, how to source. There's, there's so much going on. You just can't allow yourself to just sit still and make, it's probably true for any job today, but you have to be on top of your game because the, 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 the industry changes much quicker in a much quicker pace, the business changes and recruiters have to change with it. So you have to be like someone who has like a really, really strong growth mindset today as a recruiter, which I'm not sure you had to years ago. Like everything was much slower. 
Uh, yeah, I guess that because uh, today also we see the market shifting so fast. And of course, now with the COVID, we see so many new trends about candidate preferences and things like this. I would say that from my own experience working with recruiters, uh, there are two types of recruiters. Those that are very aligned with, you know, what the demands of the hiring manager internally and like they are so like the delivery boy where they looking to execute what the hiring manager is looking for. And there are other type of recruiters that are really, I would consider them, they're more professional recruiters where they know exactly what's going on in the market. And sometimes they pushing back the hiring manager in order to align them with the right trends and make the success more doable, right? They become an advisor. Uh, I absolutely yeah. agree with you. Well, pushing back is the, not the only option. But being really, I think, um, educated about what's going on, trends, and also about being data driven. That's really important because, like, if if you're like an order taker, this is what you were trying to say. Like someone who just comes takes orders, um, you can waste so much time. And I think one of the great things today is that data exists, whether yeah. it's in our ADSs and whether it's you know data you can acquire or data you can just read about, but your ability to give a much more informed kind of uh, service and and really understand what you're doing is, is almost given. And it's kind of a shame not to use it, but not everyone knows how to do it. And when you're saying there are two kinds of recruiters, I'm hoping we're becoming more and more the other kind. Um, I think I think that's that's becoming more and more relevant. I, I think like, you know, it's, it's exists much more today than it did like five or six years ago, for sure. And yeah, absolutely. No, that's very interesting. And, um, and, 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 and it's very interesting to see like what requires from, from a recruiter, the versatility of being able to analyze data, to be a salesperson, to guide people and to be a people person. That's uh, so many things in one person. I so good luck with hiring them. <laughs> <laughs> and you're not asking too much. Um, great. So um, let's talk a bit about, you know, now you, uh, you join a new team and, and maybe... It's a good opportunity to maybe share some, um, you know, insights about, you know, the challenges that you're facing and how you how you're facing those challenges. So, you know, you joined recently to a new startup, uh, which Hypergrowth, and I'm sure you have a lot of uh, um, uh, ambitious goals to meet regarding the growth of the team. So, when you look today on your mission, what are the can you can you share with us what are the core or the main challenges that you you're facing? I think some challenges are just like everyone else's now. Um, like one of the most interesting challenges I think is like we all became remote in just almost one day. Yeah. Um, and I think it does impact recruiting in a lot of ways because yes, you can interview people on video and that's in a lot of companies that was the case before. But now people are also onboarded remotely and they have a harder time kind of like understanding the company that they joined. Like uh, it's much harder to kind of like socialize people on the job. Um, you might not meet your manager, you might not meet your employees. Uh, you, and, and more importantly, it's harder to get the feel for 
what is the what is your employer like like you know it's all much more i think fr fractional fragmented experience uh much more isolated uh and i think it's a really big challenge for recruiting and i have to say i have no idea how we're going to resolve it <laughs> like i think we're all experiencing this and we're still early in the journey and like we don't know when it's going like is this the way it's going to be forever or are we going to experience some sort of a hybrid model eventually but but i'll say i think that's the most important challenge because like especially on a profession that is uh that is all about people uh it's much harder like we are we were used to you know make doing events uh hosting events maybe uh socializing with candidates bringing them in showing them the office and suddenly all of that's gone so right. that's like on the more general front uh and personally at next um you know what i'm doing is like building the, the talent team creating infrastructure uh structuring the company for growth so Uh, and, th and those are interesting challenges, but I guess uh, those are more common than the one we're facing today. Um, and I think there will be other challenges, but these are the ones that I'm probably focused on today. Yeah, and, and, and so, so what you're saying, basically, you, you, you don't have the most important engagement tool, which is the face-to-face -face meeting of a candidate with the people within the company, seeing the office, understanding the vibe. This is a very important factor when candidates make a decision. And I'm absolutely agree with you. What, how you overcome this? Like what, are, what thoughts did you have? What, uh, what best practices you might gonna, gonna build? Or sorry, what, uh, uh, what methods are you going to use in order to overcome this? You know what? Like I have a lot of thoughts about this. I'm not sure we are supposed to overcome this. I think overcoming this means that we're still thinking about work in the same way that it's been, but we don't know that this is what we need to expect in the future. And perhaps uh, we will be faced with different sort of challenges and the world of work that we will be working on from now on, we have been working in, will look nothing like, you know, there, there won't be any office Um, the place that you go to to work and then work will mean something else. Um, so I'm not, when I think about it, I'm not trying to solve it because I think solving it for what, like, I'll give it an example because I think it will be simpler to understand. For example, if we will, if we want to show people our office in a way we're doing something that is not authentic now to how we operate. It gives people a feeling of the company, but it's like, but this is not the company they're going to work in, at least not right. in the near future. So truthfully, uh, I'm, st I'm still trying to understand where are things going. Um, I think we're basically still focused on surviving the pandemic, the, the, the health crisis, the um, it's still an ongoing you know, challenge. And I think like it's really hard now to solve for it. And I'm not sure what we're solving yet. And <laughs> yeah. we'll understand what we're solving. We'll probably understand how to solve it. And I think it's like, I, I don't think anyone knows. That's the thing. I, the one thing I'm sure is that we don't need to duplicate whatever we did before. 
um, in a remote setting. Uh, yeah. Because possibly so, engagement will mean something else in the future. And, uh, and maybe people will remain uh, in this isolated space for a very long time. And a company won't mean what, what it means today. Yeah. So this is very advanced thinking. And I will be happy to deep dive for it in a minute. But yeah. if I'm looking eventually, yeah, everything is changed around us, but eventually your mission stay the same. Bring the best That's people true. you can, right? So right. eventually, you, if if when when we're talking about recruiting, that as 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 we as we said that eventually, candidate can make a decision to uh, uh, move to its next place uh, mm -hmm. when something hitting his cord, right? Something emotionally is emotionally attached. So if you're saying right now you don't have uh, um, the way to reflect him, um, what is the company in offline mode? Uh, are you trying to do anything to overcome it from online perspective? Or if not, and which you say, I'm not planning to overcome it. How do you think candidate will make a decision to join next insurance? Okay, I'm not Based saying- Based on what? I'm not saying we're not gonna overcome it. I'm just saying like, it's probably just a different challenge than we anticipate. Um, I think, I think, of course, people still need to understand what is this, you know, mission that they're going to work on, you know, who are they going to work with and how will it be actually conducted? And there's still, I assume, a difference or differentiating factors between companies. Uh, and how do you do that? I think we need to come up with different experiences than we had up until today to kind of uh, give people that experience. And I think what, where it will go will be probably um, that the experience will diversify. I think currently we're all doing these Zoom meetings as though this is the only work, you know, work method that exists. But as time passes, we'll understand and we'll need to form different tools, different different forms of work to uh, to kind of uh, make up for a lot of the lost um, yeah. collaboration or, 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 or functions that we used to do at work. And I'm not just talking about the social stuff, I'm talking about like, we don't, all, we don't only do work in meetings. So what else can we do in order to kind of like enrich our work experience? And I think that's part of the next challenge. Do you think also employee branding, which was a term that everyone spoke about, what do you think about that? Is that become more important at that, at that uh, situation? I think it's more important than ever because without it, how will employees understand? This is exactly what we're talking about. How will they understand what differentiates a company uh, from another? I'll tell a little story. Uh, the other day I met someone, she told me, you know, my husband just, um, switched the job and I said that's great and I said how is it and she said it's so funny still sitting in the same room doing the same job but under not a different employer under another type of... the same yeah. so or maybe it isn't but at least that was like the first impression so I think I think like branding becomes much more important I think but but also the whole idea of like employee experience standing out understanding what kind of an experience, even if at home, do we want to provide our, our, and we have to think outside the box yeah. because 
Zoom is just a form of communication. Now, where do we go for next, right? Yeah. <laughs> so when, you when you're saying that uh, eventually employee branding will have to go into a, ne a, a, a next level or will have to mm -hmm. start evolving, is that something, let's say, from your perspective, is going to be done by the same recruiting team that we have today? Or is it, is, does it mean we are going to have new roles or new people that are specifically focused on those manners, on the employee branding? And who are they? It's really, it's a really interesting question. I admit I haven't thought about Thank it you. that much, but like if I have to throw a few thoughts out there, um, I think few, for a few years now, I've been thinking that recruiting should be run like a marketing function. So like, like you're doing a growth hacking effort, you need an analyst, you need a, a, probably a programmer, you need tools, you need recruiters, you need sorcerers, you need a talent head, you need branding, et cetera. And I think it makes even more sense today. And two things will actually allow us if this continues to achieve our goals. One is it will become even more digital because we're, we've all gone digital. So you won't be able to uh, meet people at job fairs. You won't be able to meet people um, in meetups. So digital will become increasingly important. That's where you need your um, recruiting marketing to work even harder and create new forms of interaction. On the other side, and again, data becomes more important. Third is technology. Technology um, has made amazing leaps in the, the recent years. Machine learning, you know, smart AI including uh, you know, allowing us to reach candidates that we don't even know where they are. And I think for a large part, it was really hard to integrate those into our uh, recruiting functions. But now there won't be any choice. I yeah. think, and, and as I said, I think we're not really following on what's, you know, what's happening yet, but this is, Sort of like, you know, everyone went digital, even like businesses that weren't supposed to be, you know, they weren't digital by nature, had to go digital, had to create like e-commerce uh, functions, had to. So I think both in recruiting, like this will kind of like push, I think, for a few trends that were already existing, like um, the uh, work, you know, coming apart, having a much more flexible workforce, perhaps hiring freelancers, perhaps project work becoming more project-like, perhaps, you know, running recruiting like a marketing function, much more technology-driven, much more data-driven. And I think all of that started before, but it's going to accelerate, if I have yeah. to guess. I mean, no, absolutely. I, I'm I not a prophet, but it just makes sense. No, absolutely. I, I totally, I totally share uh, uh, um, what you just said, and 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 sometimes, you know, I'm giving a, a great example regarding maybe, you know, we're going to see a different type of company. Maybe the next generation will start building companies that are more uh, flat. And if you think about it, you know, one of the most ambitious tech project in the world uh, called Linux, right? And Linux basically was made by a group of people unorganized that everyone can contribute their piece into a big project. And eventually it happened, right? 
Um, so it means that we can create projects even such ambitious as Linux without the classic structure of company with uh, management and all exists, that. Ron. I think it already exists. I think there were you know, several attempts at this before. Like I have a friend who was, uh, um, was in a company that was entirely remote. Um, I know, like, by the way, and, you know, there, there were, there are companies that, uh, that already tried doing this, even here in Israel. And, but I will say, like, these are early attempts, and they weren't kind of like uh, fired up with the right solutions, processes, etc. But now that it's so common, then we'll yeah. have to create the formats to help make it work. Previously, it was just like a nice, like, you know, experiment. Now it will have to like become something a lot more robust and a lot more uh, based. Mm -hmm. And we're yeah. just in the beginning. It's like, just in the it's like the, the beginning of the industrial revolution. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, another wave. No, absolutely. So if you mentioned technology, let's talk, if, let's talk a few minutes about uh, technology because as I mentioned in, in, in introducing you, you also very passionate about you know the tech and how you can combine it into recruiting. I remember that you've been doing a forum called Recruiters on the Grill, mm -hmm. combining startups together with top professionals from all the companies, and it was a like a great experience. And I want to speak with you like uh, fewers fewers uh, um, um, where we now, and obviously the COVID is accelerating a few things about technology. But from your own experience, where do you think uh, are the main gaps where technology can get in um, when we're talking about recruiting operation, what are the main problems that technology should solve or should fit uh, from your experience? And if you have any successful story regarding implementing technology and how it changed things from your uh, um, operation side, it would be great to hear. So, first of all, I think it can be everywhere, basically. I mean, everything we do, I remember one engineer at Google told me, like, the future belongs to people who work with data. Because all we have, and it, it's now even increasingly so, right? Everything kind of creates data. So we need technology everywhere. And it's there to help us accelerate our abilities. So if sourcing is a... Uh, you know, is, is a work heavy job that is very, very like grudge work, then having the right technology will help us kind of like focus on the human element of it. And I think it's similar across the board for recruiting. There are many areas which I think it will be very hard to have, and maybe I'm wrong, but you know, have technology take over completely. But it's, think of it as like an accelerator or or like the supplement that you can take and really blow up your abilities. For example, if the workforce becomes all distributed, you need to know where people are, now you can. If you have to make work a lot more easier, like it's just like, it's just like the experience of, you know, searching for something now and 50 years ago when you had to open an encyclopedia, now at, you know, at your fingertips, you know everything. So it will be the same, like everything should become faster, easier, much more accurate. Um, and, and I think it can be combined into anything we do, not just in recruiting, it, it already is. Now, um, but my experience- Frank, if you're looking, 
at recruiting specifically at that point. Um, we're going to have, uh, uh, we have uh, in the audience uh, also interpreters and, uh, um, and, and tech people that, you know, listening and trying to find out from a professional, what is the best opportunities right now you see for technologies within the recruiting space? Where in, in, in that specific point of time? I'll say a few things. Making recruiting much more effective. We've been working on it for years and not making a lot of progress. Finding, attracting, uh, and assessing talent in the best way, which means running our processes uh, in a much more accurate way, whether it's predicting who will be good on the job, whether it's uh, really understanding who should we interview, whether it's making sure we know where people are, uh, everything. So it's... So basically it's saying go in every step in the funnel of recruiting, uh, there is a place for innovation, right? Um, from the beginning absolutely. to the end. I don't and, know if I told you this yeah. once, but uh, in, my, in, my, uh, in my imagination, like 10 years from now, like we won't have to actually look for jobs. <laughs> just yeah. get the contract because people will know everything about us. Assessment will be super, like, super sophisticated. Um, all the data is out there. Like, it's it will take away a lot of like the work that is associated now with recruiting, and eventually, like, you'll be just got, like you'll say, "I want to, I want to have a new job," and you'll just have a and few offers, and you just choose from them. And you'll be more focused on the experience of what it gives you, how you learn from it, uh, uh, what is like, you know, the, the, the value that you're going to get out of it. But that's it. Like, you won't have to do any work for it. And I'm being a little naive here because we're yeah. very far from it. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? We, as, as you started from the beginning, you said, I'm, I don't want to predict too much, but... Maybe, maybe it's going to be too far, but I heard a lot of, you know, uh, I I'll read a lot of Yeah. I'll tell you one thing. I think what's stopping, what has stopped technology from being even more integrated is the fact that people are still people and their psychology is, uh, really needs a place at the table. So what it means is that people still want to choose. They want to make a decision. They want to feel like involved in the decision. They feel very, very worried about that being taken away. So this is why I don't think that will, like experience has shown us that even pe when people know what's the right choice, they still yeah. want to like be convinced about it or, you know, come along to make that decision. They find it hard to trust. Yeah. Even On the other know. side, just to give you the uh, contradictory uh, argument is that you know, uh, finding job is very stressful because of the uncertainty. And that's why a lot of people are keep, you know, their, their existing uh, uh, job because they don't know how much time and what they can get outside. So if technology can make it more predictable for people to understand what can they do immediately in their next step, and that's something they can trust on, I would assume that it will even lead to more turnovers and it, together with the, the trend of, you know, people becoming freelancers and want to be involved in multiple projects versus one project, I would assume that this is uh, uh, going, will be, those trends are going to uh, uh, be together into something that will allow people to quickly switch from one job to another. Yeah, it won't be called a job anymore. <laughs> we'll call the project, right? Yeah. Or, or so. a task. Yeah. 
Um, no, it's super interesting. And uh, thank, yeah, yeah, it's we'll know. Someone says, uh, I think Reid Hoffman, it's uh, we, we should stop saying welcome to the family, right? Um, uh, workplace yeah, yeah. is not a family. Yeah, and you should not be committed for, for the rest of your life to one space. Yeah. So he calls it tour of duty. Like you yeah. do a tour of duty until you feel like you're done, and then you do the next, even within the same company. Uh, and I think that's been long the case. Like, you know, no one no one promises like a job for life anymore, but but this yeah. kind of like accelerates this for sure. So you 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 created a very, very interesting picture uh, looking forward. So just one thing, because that's the main argument between recruiting people and tech people is that eventually the human factor is very important. That's one argument from the other uh, side saying technology can take care of the entire process, right? We don't need any human there. If we can predict what is a great match, who should be working for who, what do you think about it? Where is the human element will still be very important or not? Um, let's say five years from now. I think that, I, I do think we need the human element um, and I'll explain why. I'm not saying it can't be imitated. First of all, it's complex. Um, it's not that easy, but we'll leave that aside. Let's, let's imagine it's very easy and it can be done. Um, yeah. I think it's what I talked about earlier. Like there's a psychology of human beings. Human beings need contact. They need to come along with the decision-making. They need to be heard. Uh, we're humans. It's like, it's exactly like what's going on right now. Like we've traded work for like being alone at home. And as people that hurts. It's, so we have our needs as human beings. And as long as, you know, human beings are part of them. Like if you're gonna assign robots, I'm sure they won't mind. <laughs> as long as it's human. I don't think we can disregard that. Uh, and I think it will even become increasingly important um, because the fact that it becomes more optimized and more accurate, et cetera, there, the psychological needs of people will become even more pronounced. That's what I think. Um, it's also, from my experience, it's not so easy to emulate. Um, decision-making of people. True, you can, you can make it almost perfect. Uh, I remember many, many years ago where you know, people were sent to do these like tests at the assessment centers and, and you know, they'll get this like battery of tests with like a recommendation. And then a lot of times disregard the recommendation <laughs> because yeah. people wanna decide. So I don't know, but I, I think like we have a new, like we're humans and we need to feel human. Uh, we need to feel there as a person. And I think the only kind of like technology that will work, the one that emulates. Um, I agree. And being very human. Like if you, if you feel like it's not, in, you know, if it's inhuman, then you people will kind of stray away from it. Right. No, I agree. And uh, that's, that's going to be very interesting to watch from five years from now um, to see if eventually the human element uh, is, is still critical um, in order to allow companies, you know, to make successful uh, hiring and, and, and get the best people out there. 
Um, I personally think that uh, I totally agree with you. I, I, I eventually think that it's a combination. It will always be a combination. Technology can take uh, um, a lot of the responsibilities, but eventually the emotion comes only from human interaction. And that's still a very important part of, uh, of the decision-making of potential employees. So um, let's hope it will stay like this. Um, Efrat, yeah. I, unfortunately, we're running out of time. I'm sure we could speak for another couple of hours. Mm -hmm. um, we have so many interesting things to talk about and maybe uh, we're gonna do another episode in the future together. So sure. I want to thank you so much for joining the, our first episode in Recruiting for Ac in Action.